All right, next one is number four. What fruit <laughs> would you say is about the size your uterus, not the baby, your uterus is at the end of the first trimester? You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesl Team. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth-related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. Happy Monday, guys, and happy Valentine's Day and happy day after Walter's birthday. (laughs) Yeah, so yesterday was his fifth birthday, which is just so nuts to me that I now have a five-year-old. So crazy. (laughs) We had a fun little superhero-themed family party for him this weekend on Saturday, featuring a Batman cake made by my mother-in-law. It was so cute. Everyone wore either superhero attire or dressed up as their favorite superhero. Walter loved it so much. Walter was Batman. Brian and I both wore Bat Mom and Bat Dad shirts that I got on Amazon. And then, of course, Rai Rai was Robin. It was so much fun. So this week on the podcast, I have a short little fun episode featuring my sister, Jenna. I wanted to keep it lighthearted and short this week, so I just quizzed her on some fun pregnancy trivia, and it turned out to be way harder than I thought it was going to be. I think she only got like two right. So I invite you to play along at home too to see if you can beat her score. So let's dive right in. I've seen it in the delivery room time and time again. Mamas that complete some kind of childbirth education before they're due have a more positive birth. So then why do less than one third of all moms take a birth class? Probably because so many of the options out there are either way too expensive, super inconvenient, or just don't offer mamas really what they need. That's why I created the Birth It Up online birthing classes. With Birth It Up, you'll gain the in-depth knowledge and confidence you need to have a better birth from the comfort of your own home at a price point that can't be beat. Head on over to mommylabornurse.com backslash courses to find the birth class that's right for you. And now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, Jenna. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast. Thanks so much for being here with me today. Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. How many episodes have you been on with me now? You haven't been on an episode in a while, but Mm -hmm. what is this? Three, four, five, something like that episodes. Yeah, something like that. I was on your podcasts when you talked about your birth and stuff like that. So probably about a year ago, I was last on. Yeah, I think so. It has been, it has been that long. And then you were on the one with mom. That was, that was about a year ago. Right. Right. So yeah, for those of you who are new here, new listeners and, you know, just kind of found us and didn't listen to those previous episodes that Jenna was on, Jenna, can you introduce yourself to everyone and tell everybody who you are? Yes. Hello. My name is Jenna. I am Liesl's little sister, probably about 
It's about a seven year difference between us. And I also work for Liesl, have been for about three years now. And I also take care of Liesl's kids a little bit during the week as well. So I'm around a lot. (laughs) Yes, she is. She wears a lot of hats and is very, 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 very important role in mommy labor (laughs) nurse and in Liesl's life. So yeah. (laughs) So I thought we would just do a lighthearted episode today. I've you know, done just a big variety of episodes where I do Q and A's or I deep dive into a certain subject or I'll have guests on or we'll do birth stories, but we haven't done just like a fun, you know, lighthearted episode in a while. So I figured I would just look up a bunch of birth stats. Uh, A lot of them are number stats. And I just want to quiz you and see, you know, how well you can do with some of these numbers and see how, how many you can get correct. So a lot of this stuff is from a Healthline article. I think a few of them are from the CDC, but there's like 30 of them. So we can just go through. I want to see how, I mean, a lot of these I couldn't have guessed. So. Oh, geez. All right. <laughs> let's do this. I'm it's nothing, it's nothing like crazy, crazy. Like I'm not going to be asking yeah. you how to spell some crazy long name or anything. So it's, it's, it's a lot, you'll see, it's a lot of like number guessing. So, all right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So the first question is how many days do you think is the longest recorded pregnancy that's ever been documented? Days of Mm -hmm. pregnancy. Yeah. All right. So typical is nine months. Okay. Sorry. I am making you do a little math. How many days are in nine months? I don't even know. Nine times 30 or 31. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to go with, let's see. Oh gosh. (laughs) So like what's nine times three? 27. Okay. So add a zero to that. Yep. Okay. 270. So that's like about nine months. Okay. So what's the longest one you think? Let's just do (laughs) 300. That's a good guess, but it's actually 375. Whoa. Yeah. And apparently this is true. I really can't believe that this, that somebody went that long, but it says, according to a 1945 entry in Time Magazine, a woman named I now can't pronounce her name. Balua Hunter gave birth in Los Angeles nearly 100 days after the average 280-day pregnancy, which is so crazy to believe. But who knows? Who knows? Typically, I know, I know. Typically, most most people deliver, you know, around that 40-week mark. But I was thinking what you said. I was thinking it was going to be around 300 because that seems, you know, like me, you know, like 43 or 44 or 45 weeks, but. I don't know. This source says it happened in 1945. Oh my gosh. I wonder if it was like a, a healthy birth. Like did no she have idea. infection or something? I wow. mean, I can't imagine she like wouldn't have something going yeah. on, right? Yeah. Right. Crazy. All right. Next question. Number two is how old or how, what is the shortest recorded pregnancy where the baby survived? At what week would you say is the earliest that okay. a baby survived. And you probably, do you know what week is like considered vi- like viable? Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. So I'm going to guess probably, you know, maybe early second trimester. So maybe around like 
17 weeks? No, unfortunately, that is much, much too early. So viability is at about 23, 24 weeks. We're seeing more babies that are being born at 23 weeks and doing relatively okay. Mm -hmm. But the, the shortest recorded pregnancy where the infant survived was just 22 weeks. So just a week before that, a baby had, the baby had a number of complications, but they did survive. And then this source does say, but I'm not sure I'm not sure of this one, but this source does say an even younger baby was recently born at 21 weeks and four days, which is close to 22 weeks, but 22 weeks and zero days is the earliest that a baby has been born and survived. Wow. That's a tiny baby. It's a very, very tiny baby. Yes. Yes. All right. Next question is how old do you think the oldest recorded woman to have a baby was? Ooh. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to guess like maybe in her 60s. So maybe like 63. Oh, you're so close. 66. It's a uh, 66. I was say 65. <laughs> which is crazy that, yeah, she's not, you know, not, I mean, some people go into menopause really, really late, but yeah, 66 right. years old. Wow. Crazy, crazy yeah. to think. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Next one is number four. What fruit (laughs) would you say is about the size your uterus, not the baby, your uterus is at the end of the first trimester? It's a fruit. Gosh, I have no idea. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. I don't even know what a normal size uterus size is. (laughs) Let's go with a papaya. (laughs) That's a very, okay. No, that's not the right answer. A very specific, very random answer. Yeah. No, it's not a papaya. It's an orange. Oh, okay. And at the end of the first trimester, which is about 13 weeks, at about 13 weeks, the baby is about a size of a lime, but your uterus is about the size of an orange. And to answer your first question we were talking about, I don't even know what a pre-pregnancy uterus, how big it is. It's about the size of your fist, maybe a little bit smaller than your fist. So if you you put up your fist, that's about about the size of a pre-pregnancy uterus. And the baby's really, really tiny in the first trimester. So it doesn't do a whole lot of growth at first, but by that end of that first trimester, it is about the size of an orange. Bonus question, what fruit do you think by the end at 40 weeks, how big it is? Like what what fruit do you think that is? Uh, the uterus, like mm-hmm. what fruit the uterus is? Yeah. Mm. It's a, real- a watermelon. Yeah, good job. <laughs> <laughs> good job. All right. Next question. I think this is number five, maybe. What week do moms start producing breast milk during their pregnancy? Ooh, like typically what week? Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, all of them do, but typically. Okay. Uh, Let's say 27 weeks. No, you're very off. It's actually 14 weeks. If you can believe that or not. Yeah. If you can believe that or not, it starts very, very early. You start your milk ducts start kind of turning on and you can even leak some colostrum at that early stage at that, at the, you know, that, that week, a lot of moms have 
breast milk colostrum leakage during pregnancy, it's very common and it's very odd because you're like, wait a second, this is, there's no baby to feed and why are my boobs leaking? But yeah, it starts very, very early on in pregnancy, right after that first trimester. Okay. They're just getting warmed up, I guess. They're just getting warmed up. That's right. (laughs) All right. The sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. All right. This one says, Birth It Up Baby! Exclamation point. (laughs) My first was born at 1218 at eight pounds, 15 ounces. That's quite a big little baby. (laughs) My water broke at 11 p.m. at home and contractions started at midnight. Checked into the hospital at 3 a.m. with painful contractions, but only two centimeters dilated. By 8 a.m., contractions were coming very strong with barely any breaks between, so we got an epidural and I was only four centimeters dilated. Stayed at four to five centimeters dilated from 8 a.m. to almost midnight. That is quite a long time. Epidural one-sided for a lot of the night feeling contractions in my hips. Started Pitocin and very slowly progressed to eight centimeters and felt almost every contraction from two to 4 a.m. with strong pressure and the urge to push. Finally hit nine and a half centimeters at 4 a.m. and started to push, but baby was OT or PT, basically sideways. Yeah, OT means that the baby's, you know, sideways. The head is down, but the baby is like facing your, your, your hip, one of your hips. I was so exhausted from the long labor that I wanted to get a C-section so badly, but my nurse gave me a pep talk and I went back to all of your pushing tips. Pushed for two hours and was able to turn baby through pushing and deliver baby by 6 a.m. Thankful for your course and gave practical that gave practical things to remember with each push. That is amazing. Wow, that is quite a long labor. Not, you know, definitely normal for a first-time mom, but yeah, I'm sure you were exhausted by the end of it. All right, if you want to check out the course that this mom took, she took Birth It Up the Epidural. I think she took Birth It Up the Epidural series. So you can check out Birth It Up the Epidural series on our website at mommylabornurse.com. Just click on the Epidural series. All right, let's get right back into this week's episode. Okay, next question. About one in every 2,000 babies are born with what? It's a body part. What? (laughs) (laughs) Like an extra body part? Just, I can't give you any any clues. It's a body part. Well, yeah, it's a body part. It's a body part. Can you repeat the question? Yes. About one in every 2,000 babies are born with what body part? So maybe think about something that you maybe like normally have as an adult, but like babies don't have. Oh, um, I'm trying to give you clues. Something that uh, kneecaps. No, <laughs> kneecaps. No, yeah. it's not kneecaps. Um, no, it's teeth. A, te- a tooth. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. They're okay. called natal teeth. So about okay. one in every 2,000 babies are born with teeth. These are, they're called natal teeth. They're loose natal teeth, and sometimes they do need to be removed by a doctor. They can be painful for the mom during breastfeeding, obviously, with a brand new baby. It's perfectly okay. fine for older kids to breastfeed with teeth. Um, and they can also be dangerous because there's a risk that they may be dislodged and swallowed or inhaled. So, Yeah. Some babies can be born with teeth. Isn't that crazy? I think I think I've actually heard that before. Yeah. I yeah. just didn't think about that. 
Okay, this one's going to be hard, but I don't know. Take a stab in the dark. What country? Yeah, I know. It's okay. I don't think you've gotten. Now you got the watermelon, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. The next one is what country has the highest C-section rate? And I'll tell you the I'll tell you the rate. It's 50.4 per 100 live births. So about 50 percent. Yeah. What country? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's in Europe. Okay. In Europe. Wow. Hmm. Um, I'm going to say, I don't know, Italy? No, it's Turkey, actually. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Who would have thought? I, know. I actually, I thought it would have been a South American country. Um, but That's no, what it's, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. Um, but no, it's Turkey. It says Turkey has the highest percentage rates, uh, rate of babies born via C-section, 50.4 per 100 live births, which is which is pretty, pretty crazy. Now, second question to this question is, which country do you think has the lowest C-section rate? And it's also in Europe. Oh, it's also in Europe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hmm. France. Mm, no, it's not France. It is Iceland. Who knew? Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good for them. Next question is, how many women in the United States receive infertility services in their lifetime? And I'll tell you that it is in the millions. Okay. Um, let's go with 5 million. Close. It's 7 million. And that is about 11.9% of women here in the United States have received infertility services in the United, in the United States in their lifetime. Wow. Too many, too many. A lot. Yes. Agreed. Okay. How old is the average age that people have babies for the first time in the United Mm. States. What age do you Um, think? I know that it has changed over the years. Is there a certain time frame or just in general? This this source says 2014. Okay. So that wasn't that long ago. More recently. Let's say 27, 26. Close. It is 26.3. Okay. Very close. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not bad. Oh, okay. All right. Next question. What percentage of births, this is United States. Yes. What percentage of births, births in the United States are water births? Hmm. Let's go with 12%. Oh, you're so close. 10%. 10%. Yeah. Yeah. You should give me like multiple choices because I no. feel like I would get a lot more right. Yeah, I think you <laughs> would have. Like, that would have made it easier. And yeah, I should have done that. Whatever. It's okay. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, it says there's been a rise in the number of water births in recent years, just shy of 10% of all United States hospitals offer water immersion options, options for delivery. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. So next question is about home birth. Uh, what percentage of people have home births out of all people that birth? Let's see. Would it be higher or lower than a water birth? I think it'd be lower because you can do water birth, you know, anywhere. 
let's do 7%. Much lower than that. It's actually only 1.36% of all births oh, wow. are home births. Yeah, wow. it's, it's rose from 1.26% recently. So now it's 1.36. But yeah, most babies are either born in hospitals or in birth centers here in the United yeah. States. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. All right, next question is a multiple choice question, okay? Babies can do blank in the womb. A, suck their thumb. B, cry. C, urinate. Or D, all of the above. All of the above. <laughs> no, I'm so bad at making uh, making questions to stump you. Yes, that's true. They can do all of those things. They can cry in the womb, which is crazy. Yeah, it says with the crying, we've seen crying on ultrasounds as early as 28 weeks, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, babies can suck their thumbs, suck their fingers. They can play with their umbilical cord um, They and they can urinate. Yeah, interesting. Um, I've always wondered, like, how can you not hear your baby crying in the womb? It doesn't make any noise. Oh, because <laughs> the baby's in water? No, it doesn't really, it doesn't really make noise because like their lungs aren't really working yet. Yeah. Yeah. They can show it's like they're crying, but they're showing like displeasure, like they're wincing. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So that brings us to the last question. And one of the answers on there was babies can urinate in the womb. Mm -hmm. So how much pee per day? Does a term baby pee inside of you? Hmm. Maybe like an ounce. Much larger than that. It's actually up to a liter of pee. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And guess what happens? They just drink it back back down and then it just cycles through. That's how that works. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it doesn't smell like urine at all yet because it's not, it doesn't have any bacteria. It's totally like sterile. I mean, urine actually in inside of like adults is also sterile. It's not sterile until it comes out of you and, you know, touches the air. Um, but yeah, that, that's what happens. A lot of people don't realize that amniotic fluid is composed of, of baby pee. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That that's probably why a lot of women think they pee when it's amniotic fluid. Um, no, (laughs) (laughs) maybe kind of. (laughs) No, that's a little. That's a little bit of a separate issue, I think. Um, But yeah, a lot of a lot of women are very surprised to know that, like. I mean, babies, yeah, their kidneys are starting to work and they're starting to pee inside of the womb. And that is, you know, what is composed of, that is what amniotic fluid is partially composed of. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And they can also poop in the womb at the end of, uh, typically at the knew- end of pregnancy. Yeah, I knew that because yeah. of meconium. Meconium. Yes, it's called yeah. meconium. Um, and sometimes that can be stressful for babies. So we like to watch out if the amniotic fluid is like green tinged. Um, but a lot of times it's not. And a lot of times, you know, it just your baby's term and maybe you're a little bit over overdue. It's very common with overdue babies and they poop inside the womb and it's not yeah. harmful at all. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That is it for this episode. Jenna, thanks for joining me. Nice, quick little 
fun trivia uh, episode that we did <laughs> on yeah. some facts. I'm pretty sure you got one correct, the watermelon one. <laughs> so I'm sorry that I and, made it so hard. And there was another one too, but I, I can't remember was which there? one it was. Yeah, but I feel like I got a lot almost right, you which did. I'm happy with. So you did. It was fun. You did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the um, the all of the above. Oh, oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay, you did get that <laughs> one right. Technically, yes, you did get that one right. Good job. Okay, yes. so two yes. out of I don't know twenty, however many you just did. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for joining us this week. We will. See you next week. I'll see you back on the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast next week. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.